welcome to the Well and Wealthy podcast with your host, Alicia McPherson. I am back for another episode of the weight loss series and it has been a moment. I thought I was going to be doing these back to back and getting out the the six episodes that I wanted to on this weight loss series, but something quite um, traumatic happened with a member of my my immediate family and it was quite a, a serious and and um emotionally intense situation that's still ongoing and involved the night or a day in the the emerge and lots of appointments and a lot of uncertainty and a lot of questions and waiting and scared so scared so much fear so currently moving through that which meant the series had to take a little bit of a pause but it was just um a really good reminder of how important our health is and how it's, it's the most important thing of anything. Our health is the most important thing and how it really needs to be valued. It needs to be cherished. It needs to be respected. It needs to be supported. And also a reminder of how important it is to take personal responsibility over everything with our health. We need to stop shifting the blame to our family, to our busy lifestyles, to our doctors, to the, the, especially please do not rely on your doctors for your health goals. You have to take responsibility. We have to take ownership and leadership with these things because no one is going to care about your health as much as, as you do. And we're so quick to rely on other people to quote, save us um, or help heal us. But we are the healers. You are the healer and you are responsible for, for healing yourself. Yes. Yes, yes, we can get support and guidance and, and education from people who have expertise in the area that we want to improve. But it's so important that we take, first of all, we prioritize our health above anything and everything. Two, we take personal responsibility over it. Instead of shifting the blame to everybody else, we we start owning it. We, we become leaders in our own healing journey, we decide that we are the healers. Yes, we can get guided. Yes, we can get supported, but it's on us to heal ourselves, nobody else. And often I have conversations with with my mentorship clients on values, right? Values on where, what we prioritize in our life. So for example, like the values that you prioritize right now got you to where you're at, right? Whatever you prioritize in your life, that is your reality. So if your priority for the last 10 years has been maybe your kids, maybe the relationships with your girlfriends, maybe your career, and you value these things above anything and everything. And so the life you've created is a direct reflection of these values. And then maybe over time, you've noticed you haven't been valuing your health. You haven't been taking responsibility over your health. And that's that slipped through the cracks right now you're exhausted now you're tired now you've got hormonal issues maybe you've had a health scare maybe you've gained all the weight maybe you just can barely get out of bed maybe you feel like you're not showing up as your best and so something shifts in you something shifts and you realize i need to make a change i need to make a shift now what tends to happen is people come to us they come to our weight loss program and they say you know i want to lose these 30 pounds i want to get my energy back i want more hormones balanced but i don't want to change my values my values are still my kids, my career and hanging out with the girls. And so maybe your whole life is running around catering to everybody else. Maybe it's prioritizing going out with the girls two, three times a week where you're drinking bottles of wine and eating potato chips or, or candies. 
And that's what you valued into this point. But when we really want to create a shift, right? A shift in something, we have to really look at what our values are and decide that something is going to change. And maybe the, the values that you have don't necessarily leave. You still want to prioritize your career. You still want to prioritize your, your family, your kids, your relationships, but health needs a rule up there. The health has to be a value or else you say you want to, you say you want these health goals, but as soon as you're challenged, you're quick to push it on the back burner. As soon as something stressful comes up, something busy comes up, life gets a little bit chaotic. You only prioritize your values and your health is going to say, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll start again in September. I'll start again on Monday. And we see this quite often, December, Christmas time. We see it often actually in August where someone's values, a client's values are to have fun all summer. They want to hang out with the girls. They want to eat whatever they want. They want to drink whatever they want. And so their health is not a concern. They don't mind um, staying up late, not getting enough sleep. They don't mind not getting their steps in, not getting enough movement in. They don't mind the amount of processed foods, seed oils, junk food that they're eating because it's not a priority. And so I really strongly recommend that if you are making a shift, you have to you have to look at what your values are. What do you really value that has got you to the reality that you're currently in? And then what are you willing to, to change? What values are you willing to add in? Is health going to become a priority for you? Because if not, then any small bump on the road, right? A little moment of stress, a family vacation, August, December, whatever it is, is going to be an excuse why now's not the time. And so this, this scare that happened in our family, that's continuing, I think for a lot of people, this would have pushed them off course. And I know I, I've heard from clients where they're like, this happened with my mom, this happened with my dad. I had this happen. My kids got sick, all these things. And they, they make excuses why they weren't able to go for a walk. They weren't able to get enough sleep. They weren't able to eat properly. They make all these excuses. And I recognize in the situation that I'm in. I never sacrificed my health. I never sacrificed eating well. I never sacrificed movement because it was such a high priority for me. And I knew, I knew that taking care of myself is going to help everyone around me. I knew taking care of my body, my mind, my soul, my emotions was going to make sure that I was a safe place to be around. I was a safe person to be around because I was regulated and I was taking care of my body instead of a hot inflamed mess. So we see it quite often where a little hiccup will will be an excuse why someone isn't successful or they're not able to stick with it. And it's not the excuse because we all go through life, right? Things happen. It's just, what do you prioritize in the moment that's going to keep you going? I know if I take care of myself because it's such a high value that I'm going to be able to serve other people. I'm going to be able to show up very powerfully. So I don't buy into the excuses a lot of times. Really, I think of it just as it's not valuable. It's not important enough to you in this moment. And that gets to be okay too. You don't want to beat yourself up or shame yourself if it's not a value right now, but you want to be real, like have a real conversation with yourself when you're starting to make these health changes. If you want to lose weight, it's easy to say, I want to lose weight. I want the scale to be lower, but to actually change your lifestyle for it, to value your health above anything else, to make it one of the top three priorities in your life. So that when life happens, it's busy, it's stressful, it's chaotic. There's a hiccup, there's there's an event that that creates turbulence in your world. Your health is a foundational element. Nothing shifts. You can still show up. And it doesn't mean like going through this stressful time. I I I was waking up in the night thinking about it. It was a hard time 
sleeping sometimes, but I still got to bed at a reasonable hour. I still gave my body rest it during the days when you're stressful and you don't want to eat. Like I still made good quality foods. I still made sure to go for my walks. I still meditated. Like there's things that I still will do no matter what. My yoga practice was definitely interrupted because I wanted to go research something because my, my brain was constantly running. So I know that it's not going to be perfect and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with with the routine not being as perfect as if I'm in a, a completely stress-free regulated state, but still the foundations of my health are, are an absolute priority for me. And I make sure that they happen. So just a little reminder here that your values matter because they're going to dictate the reality of your life. And are you really valuing your health? Are you putting it at a top priority? Or is it like number five, six, seven? on the list. And as soon as something stressful, chaotic, busy comes into play, you throw those priorities away because really when, when life is stressful, we focus on three things, right? It's hard to, to fit four five and six priorities into our life. We focus on the three. So is health the top, one of the top three, or are you quick to push it away? And if you are quick to push, push it away, can you take responsibility over that and say, you know what? I, I haven't been prioritizing it. Other thing to note is you are the healer. You are the healer. No one else is in charge of your healing except for you. You've got to show up and do the work. You've got to understand that it's you, your mindset, your energy, your your body that is healing. Not the doctor, not the government, not the hospitals, not the program. They are there as guides and support, but they're not going to be the healer. You have to be the healer. You have to decide it's going to work. You have to decide that you are committed and, and you're going to make this happen. And that's what really defines success. So I wanted to start this episode with that little message. And now I'm going to move into part two of the weight loss series, which is toxic and inflammatory weight gain. So I want to talk to you about detoxification and how we can get rid of the the garbage in our body because our body is constantly, constantly detoxing. And what this means is it's removing the, the waste. It's getting it out of the body. But what happens is if we have sluggish, overwhelmed, overworked detox systems, it impacts our ability to lose our weight in a very, very big way. And I call this toxic or inflammatory weight gain. So right now we very much live in this society where everything around us is plastics and, and pesticides and fragrances, mold exposure. We've got cleaning products. All these things are, are hammering at your system, overwhelming the system. And we are always naturally detoxing your, your liver, your digestion, um, your skin, everything is naturally detoxing. But what tends to happen when we get toxic weight gain is the liver gets tired. It gets so fed up by what we are putting it through every day and it can't function optimally. It can't keep up. The toxins are just building up, building up, building up. And the liver's like, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. You've been putting me through hell. There's been no break. There's been no vacation. I don't get paid enough. Right. So it gets sluggish. It gets tired, basically defining a lot of high-performing ambitious women right now, right? All the expectations, the pressure on your plate and it's hard to navigate it. So we eventually get resentful, we get bitter, we get exhausted, we get burnt out. So the liver is essentially in, in burnout mode. It can't keep up. And when it can't keep up at removing the toxins from our body, then it gets stored as this toxic weight gain. So why, why is the, where is the connection between liver detox, 
detoxification inefficiency and weight gain. Number one thing is it affects our mitochondria. And this is the powerhouse burner of the body. And anything that affects our mitochondria is going to lead to a slower metabolic rate, meaning less calories burned at rest, more fat stored. So that's one thing. The other thing is it also goes and affects our thyroid, our master metabolic gland. So again, affecting our ability to utilize energy and burn, burn fat. When we have increased toxicity in the body, we have increased adipose tissue and that leads to increased inflammation, which actually creates more toxicity. So it's this vicious circle that happens. We've got more toxins, more fat, more inflammation, more toxicity, and more fat, more inflammation, more toxicity. So creating this, this, this spiral that we want to break. Now the toxins can actually damage our cells. They damage our DNA, um, which puts that body into this unsafe zone, fight or flight. And it puts on more fat as a protection layer. It's like adding on protection to the body because it's sensing danger. Now, all of these, a lot of these chemicals actually also interact with our nervous system. And so now we have a harder time responding, dealing, releasing stress. So little things, minor things in the day cause a complete blowout, right? We're not able to properly understand, manage, process our emotions. The stress feels overwhelming. It feels terrible. It feels all consuming. So this is why the liver is so important to understanding when we want to lose weight, yes, but also hormonal imbalance for adequate digestion, being able to absorb nutrients and, re and, and release waste from our body, and then being able to have elevated moods. I always say elevated moods because when our, our system is in this toxic weight gain, our hormones aren't well, our metabolism is iffy, we can end up um, anxious a lot of times. We end up irritable. We end up with like low moods, high moods. So a lot of moodiness or just a, a general pessimism, right? Like nothing is good enough kind of feeling. So not only is it going to affect directly affect weight loss, but how we view life and how we approach life. So what are the symptoms of a overwhelmed, overworked liver? Now, one of them is constant constipation or bloating. These two things play a huge role. So if you aren't having bowel movements, at least once a day. To me, that's okay. Toxic weight gain is going on. Um, I, I heard a professor once tell me that three days, more than three days without a bowel movement is incredibly toxic. Like there are so many toxins circulating in the body as a, on a functional level, we aim for at least one a day, but also bloating, right? If you eat and you feel bloated, if you're bloated throughout the day, if you wake up feeling bloated, these are signs that maybe your liver could use a little bit of support. PMS symptoms are another big one. So if you find before your cycles, you have breast tenderness, you're very irritable, got the moodiness going on, maybe your skin breaks out, maybe you've got anxiety. So maybe dysmenorrhea, so painful cycles too. So any, any PMS problems, I actually would treat the liver regardless, making sure the liver is at least efficient or we're supporting the liver to increase its efficiency and just giving it some support, right? Without it... We can do as much as we can to clean up our environment, but we're still constantly exposed to things that, that we can't really control. Sometimes water, sometimes air pollution, sometimes environments we work in. So supporting the liver, no matter what, is going to be an excellent idea because it's dealing with a lot, a lot of BS. And if we can just give it a little bit of love so that it can handle the workload, it's going to be very happy. So I would support the liver no matter what, but especially with the PMS symptoms. 
Lack of sweating is another one. Your body can't properly detox. Potentially skin breakouts if you're getting uh, breakouts to certain foods or just a, a constant cycle of breakouts. Any sort of thyroid issue, hypo, Hashimoto's, whatever it is, I, I support the liver because I know if I support the liver, that's going to help support the thyroid as well. Poor concentration, memory focus. So if you find yourself forgetting your name <laughs> or forgetting uh, where your keys are or just little things in your day where you're like, I should remember that. What's going on? Why am I forgetting these things? That's when you know you want to maybe support the liver and the digestion and the neurotransmitters and the metabolism, but especially the liver. Chronically tired, right? If we don't have, if you can imagine toxins circulating in your body, they're causing this systemic inflammation. It's spiking more stress. You're going to be exhausted, right? You're not not going to want to wake up in the morning and go to work midday. You're going to be like, when am I going to bed? You're going to get the 3 p.m. slump at night. You're not going to want to do the things that really excite you, your passions. You're going to want to go to bed or just lie on the couch and watch TV. So there's not a lot of energy left because of that inflammatory load. Now, another big one is very sensitive to fragrances. Now I notice I am also very sensitive to fragrances, regardless of if my liver is supported, if it's a very strong smell, I'll get a headache, but um, I've been prone to having liver stagnation. So this is one of the first signs that I, I noticed my liver needed more support was I just couldn't, I couldn't handle any fragrances. I would get an instant headache. If someone came in with a potent cleaning product, I would, I would just get an instant headache. I would not feel good. I, I would feel very nauseous. So what do we do? If you're like, you know what? I really want to support my liver. I want to, I want to get my detoxification processes working efficiently. I want to just give it some love. Number one thing. So two steps, eliminate and then support. So eliminating the products that are in our environment, really look around your life. I, I know this can be quite overwhelming when I started to really understand and, and be knowledgeable in, in detoxification and our environmental detoxifiers. It is very overwhelming. It is incredibly overwhelming. So I always took it one step at a time. And the first thing I did was just remove plastic use and switch to class or, or things that were more hormone metabolic supportive. Then I started to look at my personal hygiene products and what was I using? We ditched all perfumes, any fragrances, like those air freshers. My parents used those air freshers. We eliminated those. Kirk, I was used to wear perfume when I was in college, but when I went to naturopathic medical school, I stopped. <laughs> and then after naturopathic medical school, I threw Kirk's in the garbage because I didn't want to be around a partner who wasn't giving me headaches. So we eliminated things like that very slowly. And then it became um, certain makeups or other personal hygiene products that we were using, deodorants, we switched, shampoos, we switched, and then our cleaning products. Cleaning products I find quite easy because there's so many amazing sources I use. I'm just actually looking at a doTERRA. My mom gave me this multi-purpose doTERRA surface cleaner that I, I quite like. So there's different products that you can use. And most recently, we switched our laundry detergent to a very eco-friendly and hormone-friendly friendly product. So you want to look around in your environment and just say, what can I switch right now? And for me, what felt the best was one thing at a time. Because if you look at all the, <laughs> all the chemicals and toxins that you're exposed to every day, it's going to feel like a massive mountain. So I just chipped away one thing at a time, what I felt like I could do immediately, which was the plastic use. 
and then the water, my, the water that I'm consuming and then what was going on my body and then what I was cleaning. And it's one thing at a time. I find a good product that I love. I feel comfortable with that works with my body. And then I get used to that. And then I add in something else. So it's a lifetime journey as, as healing is right. We always think, okay, I'm going to do this weight loss diet for 16 weeks and then I'm going to be healed. And that's not how healing works. We are Throughout your lifetime, you are going to be on a consistent healing journey. Everything is healing. I'm still healing. I still have sometimes problems with stress. I have problems with hormones and then I heal them and I move through it. And then something else comes up and I've got to deal with something else. So I think healing is this lifetime journey. It's not something that you start and then you're done. It's you're constantly evolving to be the most wholesome, happy, healthy person that you can be. So that's step one is the elimination. And then step two is supporting the, the liver. Now this can be quite individualized depending on the person. So if we have a, a person coming into McPherson method, seeing to release my weight loss program, there are certain supplements depending on what symptoms that the client is presenting with. So if there's PMS, there might be something like NAC or B complex or something that we do to help support the liver with those specific symptoms. If it's constipation, bloating, again, it's different supplements that would help support the liver with um, those symptoms. So with supplements, it's quite individualized based on the symptoms someone's presenting with. Other things that I really recommend people do, like a a warm lemon water in the morning is so nice for your body. Just be mindful of, of teeth and brushing your teeth after. But I love a warm lemon water in the morning. Any sort of detox like sweating, so sauna blankets, um, if you've got a a sauna that you can tap into, just allow your body to sweat ideally once a day, if you've got it. But sometimes I I aim for once a week for my sauna blanket, any kind of sweating is going to support your, your detox pathways. Certain teas would help too. I love a castor oil rub on my liver that can be very supportive, gentle healing. And then it's removing those very inflammatory foods. Like the seed oils are so awful on our liver. Processed foods is so awful on our liver. So that kind of goes into the elimination of eliminating the toxic buildup, right? The, the things that create toxicity in our body and then supporting with some nourishing practices. So Oh, the other thing that I want to mention around, around detox is detoxing emotions and detoxing maybe certain experiences, people, energies from our life too, because if we're constantly putting ourselves in these toxic environments or environments that don't feel great and, and, and we're doing, we're holding on to a lot of triggers around them. Now there's two ways that I can approach this. When I, when I move myself into, um, situations where I get triggered and by triggered, I mean, emotionally activated there there's something that's coming through it doesn't feel right two options if i'm not willing to deal with it in the moment i try to remove myself from those situations so maybe if i'm going through something and i can't i i don't have the bandwidth to properly deal with the situation i might remove myself from it until i can actually move through it if i have the space the energy the bandwidth the emo- mental and emotional capacity to deal with it i'm in a situation where there's a heightened emotional activation. So let's say I'm, I'm in this space where the person is, it seems like they're making fun of me and I'm getting really defensive about it. I feel very defensive. I feel very irritated. I feel like unsafe and vulnerable. Then this is an opportunity. If I have the bandwidth for it, I look at the trigger. What is this situation making me feel? Is there a shadow? Is there something there's, is there a part of me that needs to be healed so that 
other people don't create this response in my body. And this is really important work that I do because you can't just avoid conflict and you can't avoid scenarios in life forever. But I want to be able to be in situations where I don't take things personally, right? I'm not affected if someone else is going to be rude. You know, that's their own thing on why they're being rude. I really want to check my my emotional capacity, my triggers, my insecurities, my traumas, and make sure that I'm properly dealing with them. So if if I'm in a situation where maybe someone makes a comment at me and it feels rude and I get upset by it, right? I get triggered. I get like defensive around it. I'm going to really look at why those words made me feel this way. And maybe there's an insecurity that I have about myself that can actually be healed from that situation. So this is a way where we can start eliminating the toxic emotions and the toxic energies that we hold on to in certain environments. Now, again, there's some situations where they're not healthy and you probably have to leave them. But there a lot of times I find situations that make us feel heightened emotions are an opportunity for growth. They're an opportunity for healing. They're an opportunity to move into our next level. It's just, do we carry the emotional maturity and the emotional wisdom to actually look at it and say, what is this reminding me of? Why did I get so heightened when that was said to me instead of shifting the blame away and and saying, oh, Sally was so rude. She said this to me and what a, you know, what we do, we, we blame other people. I look at that and I take responsibility for how I felt and say, okay, this was said to me. This is how I received it. This is the meaning that I made from it. Where did that come from? Why do I feel that way about myself? Right? Why did this bring up insecurity? Why did this bring up these heightened emotions? Why did I get so flustered over this situation? And then is this an opportunity to heal? And I actually do this trigger work every day. At the end of my day, I have this practice where I have a Google Excel and I open my Google Excel and on one of the tabs, it says uh, love notes. And it's a summary of my day. So something really special, magical that happened in the day, even if it's just a small little moment that made me smile, I write it down in there just so I can anchor in to the beauty of life and and the memories that I'm creating. And then I have another page of triggers. And each day I think, what annoyed me today? What triggered me? What created a little bit of emotional turbulence? And I write it down there and I just take a moment to reflect on it because I truly believe if we do this work, then over time, these triggers aren't going to affect us. If I actually, if Sally said something really rude about my body and I really dove into it and picked picked out what my real security, what my real core wound was, and then did the work to heal it. The next time someone makes a comment about my body, I'm going to laugh it off. I have a good example of this. When I was in, when I was in um, naturopathic medical school, one of Kirk's friends called me thick and it was heartbreaking. I, I could, I couldn't even hold myself together. I just looked at him and like walked inside and closed the bedroom door and just cried And I was so upset and I blamed him. I thought, what an awful man for saying that to me. I'm I'm so upset. Like how terrible, who would say that to to somebody? And I just, and I was so embarrassed. I didn't talk about it with anyone. I, I held a lot of shame because I felt thick and at the time I, I was quick to blame him. I blamed him for making me feel that way. But now I realized, you know, I, I got so affected by that comment because I felt that, I felt gross. I felt disgusting. I felt like my body was just betraying me. I felt all this work and exercising and eating well was doing nothing. I felt so gross. And so him saying that was a direct mirror to how I was feeling. 
And it was like, I'm not just feeling this. People are seeing it and that makes it real. And that was very, very emotional. And so at the time I didn't really understand trigger work. I didn't understand personal responsibility with motion. So I just said, I never want to see him again. I don't want to be around him. He's rude. No. Fast forward to now, I've had people comment on my Facebook ads, things about my my body, not that exact comment, but like different things about my body. I'm not feminine, I have no hips, I'll never have kids, like rude things, right? But I can look at it now and I kind of, there's no emotional intensity with it. Someone could say something about my body and I'd be like, huh, there's no insecurity around it. I love my body. I'm so grateful for my body on what it what it's done, what it's been through, the stress it had to handle and how it's navigated that. I love where I'm at right now. I love my body. And so if someone throws a dagger at it, there's no emotional connection to it because I've already worked through those triggers. I worked through the trauma of hating my body. I worked through the core wounds of not feeling like my body was good enough and feeling broken and, and, and feeling betrayed by my body to a place of true healing where I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm comfortable in my body. And these, these triggers don't affect me anymore. So I do this work quite often because I know if there's a situation that creates emotional intensity, this is an opportunity for healing. I'm not going to put the blame on someone else. I'm going to look at what is it about myself that I feel is true in here? What core wound needs healing so that I can become more healed? And I do that work. And and sometimes I don't nail it the first time. Sometimes the lesson has to happen a few times where I really, truly heal that wound. But then once it does, the trigger may happen again and there's no emotional response to it. It's just somebody else saying something, that's their opinion and that's fine. So I know this isn't directly liver supporting, but the emotional connection to all of this is, is really important because if we're holding on to shame, if we're holding on to irritability, embarrassment, um, a lot of wounds, a, a lot of sadness, a lot of anxiety for holding on to these things and either putting ourselves in situations over and over again, where we have to suppress it. Like, let's say you walk into a room and your uncle just constantly bashes you and you take it, you just sit there and take it. You do nothing with it. And you sit there and you bottle the emotions deep inside of you. And you're saying these things in your head, but you never say them in person. Then you get home and you vent about how awful of a person he is. You don't actually do the work to understand what this wound is. Then we're going to hold on to a lot of toxic way. Your body's just festering in anger opposed to one option would be not to be around that, that person anymore. But the other option is to actually look at the wounds and heal them. So he has no power over you anymore, right? There's nothing he could say that would affect him, affect you. It does more damage for him to speak that way than it does for you. So I'm going to wrap up this module. I, I hope it was, I hope it was, was useful. There was a lot of health codes <laughs> that I wanted to present in here. So thank you so much for listening. I've got another four episodes on detox weight that I'm very excited to share with you. And all in good time, they will be released. Sending you love, wrapping you in healing and strength and magic. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.